Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Thank you for downloading this latest episode of the In For A Penny podcast. How are you, Josh? It's wonderful to be here with you again. Always wonderful to be with you, Mark, even after a weekend spent together. We have just spent a weekend together. I feel like we spend a lot of time together. Sometimes I see you more than my wife. Yeah. see more of you than my wife. No, not that. We won't talk about that. Should we tell the listeners where we've been this weekend? Or yeah. like, depending when they're listening, it could have been any weekend, but well, where we've just been. Yeah, we have just been to Norwich, haven't we? Yes. Can I tell you a little bit about Norwich? You can. Norwich is based in East Anglia. Um, it's an interesting place because we live in leafy, sunny Hertfordshire, which is quite accessible to, I'd say, most parts of the country. Yeah. Except Norwich. It was a bit of a nightmare journey, wasn't it? Yeah. Not, that's not just because I was driving. Well, probably it's mainly because I was driving. Yeah. But there's no motorway. You just have to go... Well, there's a bit of motorway, but the majority of the journey is an A-road. A-road after A-road after A-road. Yeah. And it's like they've never heard of streetlights, or they've put these cat's eyes on the road, but even the cat's eyes Cats don't were a work. bit dim. They're like the cats, cats with cataracts exactly. or something, weren't they? But it's just... You were just... Well, I was just driving into darkness. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit scary. That's were why you, I had to doze scared? off in yeah, the back for a little bit. Yeah, you had to have a little sleep. I don't... I, yeah. But we had a good trip. We went Saturday night... Had a night out, which was good fun. You enjoyed yeah. that? Well, yeah, we went to something called a nightclub, which I think in our day they were called discos. Discotheques. Discotheques. I haven't been to a nightclub for about 10 years. It was good fun. Yeah. And then Sunday we went to watch the Arsenal game. Yeah, that was We won't fun. talk about that. No. We'll move on, shall we? Okay. <laughs> on with the show. So this week's episode mm. is... We're going to continue with the death theme. I'm sorry if it's depressing, but I think it's important that people understand issues relating to dealing with someone's estate when they pass away and uh, what you have to tell people because it's good to be prepared. Yeah, this is the bittersweet part of it, isn't it? Because you've lost someone close to you, but potentially you have inherited something. Yes. But then on the downside, you might have to pay some tax on that. Okay. So so we're going to talk about inheritance tax. We are indeed. Okay. Let me give you a bit of background. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, go on. Give me some background. So... We have to trace this back to 1694. Right. So it was first called probate duty. Yeah. Part of the Stamps Act 1694. And it was brought in in order to help finance England's involvement in the... Guess what war it was? 16... No. What? Not the 16th war. No. 1694. It was the War of the League League of of Augsburg. Augsburg. You knew that, did you? So I didn't. I'd never heard of this war, so I had to look yeah, it up. It's my favourite of the wars of the seventeenth century. It, it was a cracker. Sixteen eighty eight to sixteen ninety seven. Yeah. Sometimes called the War of the Grand Alliance or oh, the yeah, War of the see, League of Augsburg. Yeah. Involved Louis the the Fourteenth of France, France yeah. and a European coalition. So coalitions okay. in those days. The Holy Roman Empire. Holy Roman Empire. Led by Austria, the Dutch Republic, Spain, England, and Savoy. Anyway, so they yeah. were raising money for that war. Yeah. And on any estate 
over twenty pounds. Twenty pounds. Yeah, there wow. was probate duty of five shillings. Five shillings. That's equivalent of a crown or a quarter pound. What's that twenty pounds worth today? Well, we with inflation. Yeah, we'll have to go back to the inflation episode okay. and work that out. Um, and in its current form, inheritance tax was brought in in nineteen eighty six by Nigel Lawson. Yeah. in the budget, Chancellor. So that's, Correct, the Chancellor at the time yeah. brought inheritance tax to where it is today. So inheritance tax, or death tax as it's sometimes known, is a tax you pay on your estate upon death. Not a nice one, really. It's interesting because people is, say it's a tax you, you pay, but technically you, it's your estate that pays it. So you don't have to worry about it because you'll be dead. Yeah. But it's your relatives who technically have to pay it because it comes out of their estate. Yeah, out of the estate well, they comes, inherit. Yeah, it comes out of what they would have inherited, really. It's one of the most unpopular taxes, Yeah, quite rightly, because uh, we all work hard during our lives. We pay our income tax on any on our salary or our earnings. We pay VAT on things we buy. We pay insurance tax on our insurance premiums, all these other taxes. Yeah. You think you're done, mm. then you die and there's some more tax. What does it go... So in the 17th century, that was going towards funding wars. Yeah. Where's it going now? I think now it just goes into the general tax pots. Mm. All the taxes the government collect to then spend money on our services. Okay. So you are technically getting something in return. Yeah. But it's, um, it just feels like a lot, doesn't it? So it's 40% is 40%. the tax. 40%. Correct. So you pay 40%, but that's not... There are certain allowances, aren't there? There are indeed. So there's something called the nil rate band. I okay. don't know why they give it such a complicated name, but that is the you're allowed to have an estate of three hundred and twenty five thousand pounds before you start to pay any inheritance tax. Three hundred and twenty five thousand pounds. Correct. So that seems like quite a lot. Well, you would think so, and it is a large chunk of money. But a lot of a lot of estates do um, are worth more than that. I guess if you have a property as well, that would push it up. Correct, that's included in the estate. Yeah. But there's something that was brought in over the last couple of years called the Residence Nil Rate Band. So they decide, I think it was George Osborne at the time, said yeah, that... now Evening Standard editor. There you go, he's yeah. moved on in the world. He has said that, well, if people have a property, we want to try and keep that out of the inheritance tax bracket, which is quite nice of him. So currently, you're allowed to have another £150,000 allowance from the Residence Nil Rate Band. So Take- then that bumps your estate, your nil rate band up to... £475,000. Correct. And from April 2020, that goes up to 175000 bumping the total to half a million. There are lots of rules around this, and I don't think we're going to go that deep into it today. But in effect, a married couple could have a million pounds allowance between them. So, this is, so the married couples thing is interesting because if you're married, your allowance passes to your spouse. Is that correct? Correct. So how does that work? You're getting, you want to get technical today? Well, I just mean... so we'll, we'll talk about it at a high level. At a high level. Let's talk about Mr. and Mrs. Bloggs. Yeah. Mr. Bloggs dies, and assuming he leaves everything to Mrs. Bloggs, he hasn't used any of his allowances. So upon Mrs. Bloggs' death, the people that inherit her money, let's say Baby Bloggs, Baby Bloggs has both his parents' allowances to use. So potentially a million pounds. But is that allowance... What if his allowance is... What if his estate is worth more than the allowance? If it all, well, there's no inheritance tax between spouses. Okay. So if you leave everything to your husband or wife, you don't have yeah. to pay any inheritance tax. Okay. Good. What if you leave some of your estate to charity? If you leave some of your estate to charity, then your 
rate of tax, your inheritance tax rate is reduced to 36%. If you leave 10% of your estate to charity, your estate is reduced to 36%. Sorry, not your estate, your tax rate. Your tax rate. Okay. They want to encourage people to give money to charity. Are there any other allowances? Yeah, we'll come on to some of them in a minute, I think. Okay. Because um, you've recently filled, had to claim. Is it not Claim's not the word. What have you no, had to so do? So I've been going through this Report? for my dad's estate. So when uh, someone dies, you need to report the value of their estate to HMRC. Um, and that, So that process of reporting the estate is how you find out how much inheritance tax there is to pay. So there's a couple of ways of doing that. Technically, you should be doing, you should be able to do it online if you have what's called an accepted estate, which means where there's no inheritance tax to pay and everything is below that £325,000 threshold. Okay. Or so even it can, or even between the 475. And that happened you for you? The property. Well, it should have happened for me. Yeah, but? But because of the way my dad's estate was structured, he was technically above the threshold. However... He was technically above the £325,000 threshold, but when you apply the residence nil rate band yeah. of £150,000, he uh, was taken below it. Okay. But HMRC's online systems won't allow you to account for that. So they'll let you use the spousal allowance yeah. for where you're passing it on. Online, um, you're talking about? Yeah, they'll yeah. let you use that online or the charity one. But if you want to use the residence nil rate band, you'll have to use a paper form which is called an IHT 400 form. Hey, look at you with yeah. your numbers. Yeah. Um, so you can also do a paper form. Did you actually have to write in it with a pen or can you type into it on the You screen? can type into it and then, and then print, print it. it. Yeah. I mean, you think if you could type into it, they'd just let you click done. Yeah, I know. That would have been easier. But you've got to use that. And then as well as that form, there's loads of other forms called schedules that you have to fill in at detail, things like the savings. In England, do we say schedule or schedule? Which is the English and which is the American? I think we say schedule or schedule. Please write in and tell us if you think it should be schedule or schedule. Yeah, I think schedule is American and schedule is English. Okay. But I digress, carry on. Uh, so as, so the IHT 400 form is about 16 pages, about 105 sections. Okay, and you've you got to fill every single one in? Uh, most, some are not applicable. Yeah, I mean, some are just a name, their address. Some won't be applicable. Oh, you're moaning about putting a name and address in. I'm only a bit about name and address, but I had had to write that quite a few times for him yeah. in the last month. Uh, when he died, and then you uh, set the account. Then there's other bits you other related other related forms you fill in, such as about detail their savings, where properties are held, the addresses, any other interested parties, and then those forms will give you valuations that you then put back in the IHT 400 form. And once all the boxes have been filled in, it will give you an amount at the end. Of which shows the value of the estate and how much inheritance tax there is to pay. Okay. And then you have to pay that, and then you've got to send off the form to HMRC. So you have to pay the tax when you send the form off? Um, you have to say how you're going to pay, because I think they check the calculation for you. Okay. Fine. But if there's no nothing to pay, it'll just have a minus figure, and then you've still got to send it off and hope that your calculations are correct. You could also use a solicitor as well. I didn't, because I thought it should be simple. Well, it sounds like it wasn't complicated. It was just time-consuming. A lot consuming. of administration. Yeah, okay. Just, yeah, time-consuming. So you were lucky that your dad's, or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, that your dad's estate yeah. didn't incur any inheritance tax. Yes. Um, but a lot of estates do yes. incur inheritance tax. And uh, some people consider inheritance tax a voluntary tax because they're 
are things to, that you can do to mitigate it. So should we have a talk about some of those? Okay. One of the things you can do is to gift money during your lifetime. And there are certain gifts that are exempt or allowed for inheritance tax. So you can gift £3,000 a year to uh, whoever you want to gift it to. Mm. And that is an allowance for inheritance tax. You can gift the small gift allowance of £250 to people. That's another allowance that you have. So, for example, you could give your children £250 every birthday or grandchildren £250 every birthday. And there's also a gift allowance on marriage, on weddings. So you can give £5,000 for a child and £2,500 for a grandchild or great-grandchild. So if they have lots of weddings... That's quite. You could mitigate. Obviously, don't encourage your children or grandchildren. I think to the divorce costs would probably outweigh the uh, the wedding costs. Probably. You've also got. Um, you could just give normal gifts out of your income. So, if you earn a certain amount of money and you're meeting your living expenditure, you are allowed to gift whatever amount you choose to whoever it is, as long as it doesn't impact on your standard of living. Okay. So that's quite a good allowance to have. So I'm guessing you have to document all this. Yeah, it makes sense to keep records of it. If you've got a financial advisor, financial planner, if you keep them in the loop and they're probably helping you plan these gifts, then you should have a detailed record. Otherwise, you could just do it on a spreadsheet or something at home. Because then when you fill in your inheritance tax forms, uh, HMRC will ask for evidence. I know that because I saw it on the forms. There you go. So there's also a seven-year rule, though, isn't there? Yes, a lot of people know about the seven-year rule. That is, if you give a gift, ignoring the allowances and the exemptions, if you give a gift in excess of that, then if you survive seven years, that gift is outside of your estate for inheritance tax, called a potentially exempt transfer. transfer. And again, we won't go too technical on it, but you give the gift, you survive seven years, there's no inheritance tax to pay. What if you don't survive... Oh, that's a good question. What if you don't survive? You're good at questions, aren't you? Yes, I say to call me a journalist. Um, if you die between the gift and three years, then you've still got to pay the full amount of inheritance tax. That's annoying. The 40%, yeah. And from year three to year seven, the inheritance tax rate decreases. What about debts? What about debts? How do they help reduce your... Do they help reduce your, the value of your estate? They do is the answer. So the value of your estate is your assets less your liabilities. So any liabilities will reduce the value of your estate. But that doesn't mean you necessarily want to take on a liability just to reduce your estate because that means you've got a liability. True. Yeah. So for example, my dad uh, was in a care home before he passed away, but the care home had a charge over his previous residential property. Yeah. Um, So now that he's passed away, the care home that charge counts as a debt so that has reduced the value of his estate and once his property sells we then have to pay for care it, home it does proportion. but but i wouldn't use that necessarily as a planning tool no it's not a planning because tool. let's saying, say yeah. i'll just pick a number so you don't have to get too personal yeah. if there was a hundred thousand pound charge on the property so that has reduced the value of the estate by a hundred thousand but i think you'd rather have a hundred thousand pound cash and pay inheritance tax on it yeah but for us then it was easier because we didn't have to pay care fees so, not saying that's a planning. That's not advice in any way. What about if someone had, if my dad had a mortgage, yeah, and he passed away? What would happen to the mortgage? Will have to be repaid. 
but some banks they don't call it in straight away do they no they tend to have uh, certain rules and regulations as to how quickly you have to pay the debt back often they will freeze the value of the debt on the day of death or freeze the payments and add the interest onto the mortgage okay yeah another way you can mitigate or reduce your inheritance tax is to spend it ah so when spend we spend your kids inheritance skiing well it's your money yeah so when we are creating a financial plan for our clients and looking at their lifetime cash flow we try and work out are they going to have enough money or are you going to have enough money to do the things you want to do in life so a lot of people have saved over their lifetime mm-hmm. and they've been saved and saved and saved for their final years and can't get out of that saving habit. They just want to keep saving. We're encouraging spend it. You've worked hard. You've built it up. Enjoy it. Especially if you haven't got kids or anyone to leave it to. Yeah. So that's another thing you can do. Spend the money, which will reduce the value of your estate so you can enjoy it. But it must be hard to know how much to spend because you also need to, to live. You've got bills to pay. Yeah, well, I guess if, that's what a financial plan is for. Yeah, if you've got the numbers and you can, remember, we can only make our best guesses and educated guesses and assumptions. But yeah, we, you will have a plan to know how much you think you're going to need, and therefore spend the rest. Ideally, you'd end up with you spend your last pound on the day you die. That's the aim, but it's quite hard to to predict that accurately. You I'm just thinking about that phrase: spend your last pound. And so, but do you not think people should try and leave stuff for their children no but what i mean by that is not necessarily you spent it all on yourself but that might be you've given it away during a life yeah so they've got it if you gave it away seven years before Mm. so on the day you die you've you've worked out your finances perfectly so you've got nothing left Mm. and no inheritance tax pay interesting you bought into that one Uh, yeah i think i bought into it yeah Yeah. i could see your face slowly uh taking some uh sinking in there yeah another option is insurance okay so you can take out an insurance policy to pay your inheritance tax bill. I didn't know that. It's called a... Well, most people will take out what's called a whole-of-life policy. Yeah. So you... When you say you didn't know it, it's just a life insurance policy. Okay. There's nothing fancy about it, but it's just a, a way that advisors use it as a planning tool for clients. But when would you take that out? Whenever you want to, really. So you would you would calculate with, with your advisor roughly the value of any inheritance tax liability. Factoring in growth rates, increases in property prices and assets and everything like that. Take out an insurance policy for that amount. And for couples, we would do what's called a joint life second death policy. So the policy insures both of you jointly, but pays out on the second death because between the husband and wife, there's no inheritance tax to pay. And it's only when it goes down a generation that it needs paying. So I guess you still have to pay premiums, though. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, there's not, you don't just get given the insurance policy. Yeah. No, no such thing as a no free such, insurance but policy. But how do they work? How's, how do you underwrite that? What's that based on? Well, I don't. I, they've got their own uh, criteria, like they always do, actuarial tables and everything. Yeah. Basically, life expectancy. Okay. So, how long they think that the second person is likely to live and base the premiums on that. You are, you are quids in on it. So, you will 90% of the time, maybe even more, the insurance policy will pay out more than you have paid in your premiums. The problem is a lot of people end up cancelling these policies yeah. and never claiming on them. So what? So if it pays out more, do the family get the rest? Yeah, it's insurance policy. Right, interesting. Yeah. But is there tax on that? No, there's no tax to pay. The most important thing to remember 
when you're setting this up, if you are doing it yourself, is that you write the policy under trust. Because if you don't do it under trust, it just goes back into your estate and yeah. increases the value for inheritance tax. Oh dear. Yeah. We did do a, a few guides on insurance, didn't we? Yeah. So do go back and listen to those if, if you'd like to find out more. I will do, thank you. Not, well, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, to, the, to the listeners, to the listeners. So that was it. that's insurance. Okay. Then another option we have is to use um, trusts. Trusts. Yeah. So as we said before, we're, we're being very high level with all of these topics because each of them could be a whole series on their own. But you could put something into trust. And when you put something into trust, it's outside of your estate for inheritance tax purposes. Not immediately. It's usually got that seven-year gifting rule. So you could gift, again, we'll just pick a round number, £100,000 into a trust. And after seven years, that is no longer part of your estate. Does it cost money to put stuff into trust? There's usually set up costs for things. Yeah. You could get very technical and you could get complicated trusts and need to spend lots on solicitor's fees. Or there are a lot of just template trust documents that you can use. So it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Which assets can you put in there? We can put most things in a trust. Your savings? Yeah, you can put savings into a trust. Cash, basically. Investments, shares, property. Don't get too... Uh, if you want to talk about it in more detail, we should set up too late about now. 12 hours dead. for that. <laughs> well, you didn't need to do it because there's no inheritance You're tax right. to pay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, this isn't all about me. It's not all about you, no. no. It should be. I'm joking. What? Are there any more allowances? Any more allowances? No. What are we talking about? <laughs> Are there any other ways <laughs> I'm to? I'm so mitigate? glad you're focused on today's podcast. Are, are there any other ways to mitigate? Are there any other ways to mitigate inheritance tax? Yeah, the last one I thought we'd talk about is investments. So there are certain types of investments which qualify for something called business property relief. Okay. And if you have an investment that qualifies for business property relief, it falls outside of your estate after two years rather than seven years. So it's quite popular for later life inheritance tax planning for older clients who think they might not last the seven years. So I guess there are different risks to that. Yeah, you should never take out any investment just for the tax treatment of it. So I would never recommend a client to invest in these type of investments only to save inheritance tax. They have to be comfortable with the underlying investment as well. Because as you know, the investments go down as well as up. In fact, they often do both. That is the nature of investing. Yeah. And people will be comfortable with that volatility. Interesting. Yeah. Do you know how many estates pay inheritance tax? I don't. Do you? I told you yesterday. I, but I just said that so you could give an answer to our listeners. <laughs> only 5%. It's a small amount. It was less than 5%. Yeah. A few over 5%. So how much um, money did the government rake in from inheritance tax in their last set of... So in 2018-2019, they took $5.3 billion. It's a lot of money, isn't it? $5.3 billion It's just weird, but it shows it's a lot, but only 5% of estates. Where did you get that from, that 5%? That is from HMRC. Well, there you go. And I just wrote an article about it. I know. Okay. So um, <laughs> So a lot of that must be concentrated around, I'm guessing, this, like richer areas. So it just, there just must be a kind of small catchment of people. What I'm trying to say is it must be quite rich people paying it. So people complain about it. Yeah. But a lot of people probably don't actually have to pay it. It's just the admin of it is probably more of an issue. Yeah, also I just think the... Um 
the negative feelings you're dealing with the death of a loved one mm. as I said before someone who's paid tax all their life and you've got to pay more tax on it yeah or potentially pay more tax yeah but if you're prepared if you get prepared speak to a financial advisor a decent financial advisor yeah if you know any let me know if you know any I didn't realise that um, actual physical possessions form part of the estate that's right it could be paintings books even like watches. furniture and like yeah anything they've yeah it's all, it's, all, it's all everyone's entire assets and liabilities but do you think then it's a good idea to try and sell a lot of that during your life I mean if you start selling your couch whilst you're alive <laughs> you're going to know where to sit no I mean if you I'd know it's get rid of your fridge and you'd be like well, where do I put my yeah, food yeah where do I put my food yeah okay don't worry about that one no but just give things away if you've got nice paintings and things just give it away whilst you can Okay. Yeah. Have we got any new... Is that all we got time for? That is all we have time for. We have a quick look. Have we got any new listeners from around the world recently? We do seem to have some more listeners, some new listeners from different countries. Yeah, what have you got? I want to say hi to our listeners in Ireland. Top of the morning to That's you. That's what I was trying to think. Say top of the morning to you. Yeah. Sitting there with your pint of Guinness and other stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's uh, that's the way to do it. Okay. And in Australia, just to balance out, we've got some Australian listeners with their pints of Fosters, just to balance out the okay the um, offensiveness. <laughs> and Colombia as well. We've got some listeners in Colombia. What do they do? Yeah, we won't go into that. And I've always find it interesting how people from different countries. It's almost as if the internet is a worldwide phenomenon. It's like a web. Yeah, around the world. Yeah, wide, wide world web. But you know, people like don't really listen to me here in Boreham Wood, but it's nice that people... I think that's probably the reason they don't know you. It's yeah. more interesting for people that don't know you. To listen. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Well, I hope that's helped. And, you know, it's it's a tough time dealing with grief and mourning. Oh, mourning. Mourning. <laughs> How long do you have to um, report inheritance tax? Well, you've just done it, yeah. go on. So you have to pay any inheritance tax due by the end of a six month after her person dies. Okay. Which I think is also quite quick. They do make allowances. So if, for example, a property needs to be sold, yeah. HMRC will give you a bit of leeway. Yeah. Just make sure you discuss it with them. Yeah. I think they'll let you pay in instalments as well, in some cases. Well, that's all we have time for. I'll see you on the next episode. See you then. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at InForAPennyPod1, at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover.